this podcast, I'm going to be answering a series of questions. These questions were presented to me by a good friend, a very, very good friend. When I answer these questions, remember, these are strictly opinions. You may have different answers, different interpretations, different perceptions. Be mindful that your opinion is very much so welcomed and accepted. Big energy. The first question that I would like to answer because I like to get straight to the point. Why is there something rather than nothing? This is a very good question. The universe revolves around the law of equivalent exchange. An eye for an eye. Something for something. When you go to the store, you give money in exchange for goods. The universe was created from energy. Energy is the foundation of matter. All matter is made up of atoms. All atoms have either an electric, positive charge or negatively influenced charge. Nothing cannot exist because nothing is something. When you go into a refrigerator and there's no food in the refrigerator, It seems as if nothing is in the refrigerator, right? Space is in the refrigerator, right? Nothing cannot exist. There's no such thing as nothing. The universe is almost an illusion. The universe can be perceived in many ways. One of those ways is subjective. One of those ways is objective. But reality is truth. Your opinion is totally subjective. Your truth is totally subjective. I want to go on to the next question. Is our universe real? Now, there's a lot of theories going around that we live in a simulation. We live in a a sleep world. We live in an augmented reality that was created by gods or aliens. Some people got, you know, some other theories, right? The universe is totally up to how you view it. You've never known anything before you were born. You are here in the now. Right now. As you're listening to this podcast, you understand that right now is your perception of reality. 
your mindfulness can expand. Before you were born, who's to say you existed? Your consciousness existed more specifically. You can argue that, oh, you know, sperms carry life and life carries consciousness. So technically you were conscious, but your perception of reality wasn't mature enough to even experience life or consciousness. Right? Is our universe real? That's almost like arguing, are you real? It's almost the same thing. Are you a real person? Think about that. Are you real? Me. If someone asked me that question, I would say yes. I am real. Some philosophers, some great scholars, great thinkers will argue against it. But that brings me back to the previous question. Why is there something rather than nothing? The fact that we can think about these questions clarifies the answer. Yes, we are real. Yes, we are here. Do we have grand understanding of our purpose? Maybe, maybe not. But one thing is for certain. Time exists. And space does also. On to the next question. Does God exist? God is an interpretation of infinite consciousness. Humans, the lowest of humans, experience consciousness. Animals experience consciousness. Plants, vegetation experience a form of consciousness. God is subjective. God is not governed by the laws of the universe. You can't put God in a bubble. You can't define God in one perspective. One person doesn't have a perfect interpretation of God. Do you follow what I'm saying? Truth, back to the previous statement that I made on the previous question, truth solely depends on your perception of reality. The only thing that's true in nature is reality. Humans have a way of rearranging reality to fit their narrative. Right? God is real. The way we interpret God, the way we feel like God should be, maybe doesn't even exist. God is tremendously infinite past the deepest levels of comprehension on a human level. There is a certain a certain platform of enlightenment. 
That is a rare achievement. It takes deep, extreme levels of intentionalized meditation, reading, knowledge, comprehensive overstanding to achieve even the smallest amounts of intellectual capabilities into the understanding or overstanding of God. So yes, I think God very much so exists. Everyone is a God, depending on their level of overstanding. If that clarifies the answer. The next question. What are numbers? I had a um a podcast on this question before, somewhat of this question before. Numbers are a way of measuring matter. A way of measuring matter on a scientific foundation. I'm going to give you an example of why this question was presented. Because there's a couple of ways of viewing numbers in the mathematical system that humans rely on. One plus one equals two. From basic human understandings, five plus five equals ten. From common mathematics, right? Natural mathematics teaches the concept of individuality, right? If you got ten pieces of chocolate plus another ten pieces of chocolate. You have 20 pieces of chocolate. You may say, oh, common sense says that, yeah, there's 20 pieces of chocolate. You add 10 plus 10, that's 20 pieces. But in reality, in reality, mathematics is a way of individualizing and belittling reality. Reality doesn't have numbers. Reality is just space and time. Numbers is a way of breaking that up and make it simpler and comprehensive for humans to cultivate. One plus one equals one. Think about that. One plus one equals one. Ask yourself, how did I get to that answer? That's not what they teach you in school. They teach you that one plus one equals two. Because they individualize these things. In reality, none of that stuff exists. One plus one equals one. 
everything is one. Do you follow me? Everything is one. Nothing is separated until we separate it. For the sake of scientific experimentation and the sake of learning and studying and for the sake of mathematics, numbers may probably do a, you know, a good thing to human levels of, 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 of reading and, and just common mathematics and algebraic expressions on a fundamental level. But in reality, none of that stuff exists. Let's go to some of just some of the next questions. And these are pretty good. I like these type of questions, right? And I think that sometimes we like to overanalyze. Sometimes we like to underanalyze. And sometimes we don't like to analyze at all. But let's get into it. Are things as they appear? When you go to sleep, when you go to sleep, right? And you wake up the next day. What are you experiencing? What happened when you went to sleep? What is sleep? Not the stereotypical and the superficial understanding and a scientific explanation of sleep, but the reality of sleep. Because remember, reality is truth. Your interpretation is subjective based on your perception. When you dream what is going on, are things as they appear or is something else going on? When you hold a glass of water in your hand, what? Now, bear with me. You have to be a, 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 a somewhat of a in-depth thinker to catch on to my drift. You go to the sink. You got an empty cup of water in your hands and you fill it up almost all the way to the top you're holding the water but what is really going on your mind is experiencing you holding the water but what is going on What is experiencing what? Is your mind experiencing the circumstance 
is your consciousness experiencing the circumstance or is there something different? The cup of water scenario. of the human mind or are they in our artificial technology or natural or what when you get the idea to create let's say that you were I don't know uh a musician, right? You're a recording artist. Or you're a writer. You write books. Right? You write books. Let's go with that one. You've wrote hundreds of books, hypothetically speaking. 
One day, you're having dinner with your family. You're eating dinner as usual, nothing out of the ordinary. And then one moment, an idea just instantly formed in your mind about a book concept, a story from beginning all the way to the finish, an idea just popped out of nowhere, almost like teleportation. What is that? What is the science behind ideas? What is the si- what is the science behind original thoughts? What made Picasso so great? What made Galileo so great? What made Socrates so great? What made Plato so great? What made these great scholars that modern civilization revere? What made the great philosophers that modern civilization revere so much? What made them so great? Their ability to tune in to the universal frequency. You see, the universal frequency, right? It's a wavelength. And when you refine that frequency, you tune into that channel. It's almost like a radio. You tune into a certain channel to hear the message that you want to hear. You know your favorite hip-hop station. You know exactly which frequency, which channel to tune into to hear your favorite vibrations. The universe, the universal motherboard. It's almost like a cell phone tower. Our brains are like smartphones, right? You cannot have internet access without the tower, right? But without internet access, you can still use it. You can still use like the calculator, you know what I'm saying? You can still like write stuff in the notepad, you know, um... You can still save, you know, context. You probably, you know, you know what I'm saying? You can call people, you know what I'm saying? You can, you know, text, you know, message for the most part or sometimes. But without Internet access, you can't go to Google. You know what I'm saying? You can't go on YouTube. You know, you can't learn anything on a worldwide web without that Internet access. On a human level, it's probably the universal wide connection instead of the worldwide web. The more in tune you are into that universal tower of knowledge, 
wisdom, divine overstanding, the more in depth you become with enlightenment, you become at peace, harmonized, full of tranquility, full of everything, full of bliss. That brings me to my next question. What is the conscious of thinking? What is the conscious of thinking? How much time do you actually spend thinking in a day? Let's, let's first start off with that question to answer a couple, uh, to answer this question. What is the conscious of thinking? How much time in a day do you actually spend thinking? How much do you actually spend thinking? You may say, oh, I think all day, every day. Do you? Or does your mind drift? Thinking means that you are in control of the direction of thought. Drifting is like a boat with no motor. You're just following the current. When you are thinking, you are controlling the direction and you are influencing the direction from an electromagnetic impulse from the neurological circuits in your cerebral makeup of the brain. You are in total control when you're thinking. When you are drifting, you're just going with the flow. What is conscious? Let me rephrase that. What is the conscious of thinking? What ignites a thought? What tells your mind to start thinking? Thinking isn't the beginning of consciousness. Right? Before you were conscious, you were just a sperm cell. Some people can argue you were conscious even then. What is the, the, the root of consciousness? Where did consciousness stem from? Where did awareness stem from? What came before consciousness? What came before awareness? What came before life? Some people will say, oh, well, it had to be the opposite. No. You couldn't have death before consciousness because that's an oxymoron. That's, 
That's irony. What came before consciousness? Me personally, I believe that consciousness cannot be created nor destroyed. Because consciousness is energy. You can never destroy energy. It will always be here. Forever. Brings me to my next question. And remember, once more, these questions are up for interpretation. My opinion may not be yours, but it's just to provoke thought. Do you think or you think that you think? That's a pretty damn good question. Damn. Do you think or do you think that you think? I think that you can go down the rabbit hole and confuse yourself by some of these questions. Some of these questions that I'm asked. I think that we think about our thoughts sometimes. And we can get caught in a loophole or in a cycle. And that's why original thought is king. Original thought is godhood. Submitting to original righteous thoughts is what puts you into the realm of godhood. Never, never get caught in the cycle of just thinking about your thoughts control your mind is a way to control the direction of your thoughts right don't just circle behind an event that has already passed so many of us get caught up in the past And we live in the past because we have an adoration, a certain attraction to a thought or a feeling that we have attached to that experience. And that's why a lot of times people are conflicted with the reality of the now. Because they have a certain infatuation with the past. They're blinded. Because they don't see things clearly. Because they're still attached to what was. Do you think or do you think that you think? At the end of the day, you think. But make sure your train of thought is moving forward and not backwards or in a spiral. Make sure it's on a straight path. Make sure your thought process is aligned with time. Time is always moving forward. 
time never stops for no man. Opportunity stops for no man or woman. Original thought. Like I said, all of these, everything that I've answered is up for strictly interpretation. What is it? What is it that we're trying to achieve in this life? Potential. Purpose. Wisdom. Knowledge. Love. Peace. Harmony. Success. God. Some of us just want to live. You are successful. You are peace. You are love. You are God. You are harmony. You are beautiful. You are grace. And you are abundant. If you seek anything in life, you have to become it. Regardless if you feel you've already obtained it, you have to become it. You have to be the embodiment. You are. You are. Big God Energy. Jug Hella Classic Outside Light Trees Podcast. I enjoyed this episode. I'm going to tap in with you later, beloved. Stay clear, stay focused, and drink on that water.